Awesome. Well, wonderful. Once again, it's so good to be with you all in the house of the Lord, getting to worship and go after Jesus. And it's been so much fun this summer uh, just watching God move. I love that God doesn't go on vacation in the summer. In fact, it feels like he just continues to speak and show up. And I pray you're experiencing that same thing in your life. And uh, there's nothing like it. A couple of quick announcements. First, if you are a man in the room, or if you live with a man in the, wo- the room here, this Saturday at 1130, we're inviting all the men over to our house, Pastor Rachel and I, to have a great time cooking um, some barbecue, having some food, cooking over a fire, uh, playing some games, doing all those little fun things. And we would love to have you come join us. So men, 1130, this Saturday, uh, just a couple hours, eating some food, having a good time. Once again, women, I would appreciate your help if you're sitting next to a man, then how about about 11 o'clock on Saturday, you kick them out of the house and give them directions to our house. Help them get to our house. Uh, maybe you even need to drop them off. Drop them off at the front door, whatever you need to do. But men, we're gonna just going to have a good time. Don't miss it. Great food, fellowship, and uh, just hanging out together and excited about that. Also, this last week, we're super pumped. We were able to partner with uh, Village's Church that is starting over on 23, a new Assembly of God church coming here in September. And uh, we're able to financially bless them and be a part of what they're doing. That's because you are faithful in giving. And just want to continue to say thank you for your faithfulness. We get to support 80 missionaries and mission organizations around the world. And sometimes projects to see the kingdom of God expanded. And uh, so we're pumped about that. So thank you for your faithfulness. If you are not actively giving, we'd love to have you jump on board. We'd love to, to have you be a part of that. And you can do that at radiant.family slash give, reoccurring giving, all of that, as well as as you exit through the hallways today, the tithe boxes on either side and in mail. If you're at home or you like to mail, that's always good as well. But thank you for your faithfulness. And it's fun to watch what God does in Dublin for sure, right here, but also all around the world as we're faithful to go into all the world. So thank you for being a part and uh, for uh, just supporting and being here and worshiping Jesus. That's what it's all about. So once again, we love you all. Well, we're going to jump in this morning to continue the, what we read here just a few minutes ago. And really the thought of cooperate or not. When I think of our walk with God, we have an opportunity to cooperate with what the Lord is doing in our life, right? Like if you've been a, a follower of the Lord uh, for a long time, or maybe you're just here today and you're like, I, I don't really do church, but I'm here today. Well, we're so glad that you're a part with us today. Hope that the Lord would speak to you. But there's times in our life where maybe we will cooperate with the will of the Lord a little bit better, and maybe other times when we don't quite get it right. Anybody been on maybe, you know, a couple of those sides? Uh, it seems to be a thing. Well, this last week, or well, now three weeks ago, my wife and I and Pastor Brian, a bunch of the staff members, we got to go to camp, and we never have done this. I lead camps. I'm the camp director. Uh, we've done camp for the last decade, at least, high school or middle school camp or both. And uh, we decided this one night, we heard that one of the kids at camp lost a tooth, just like his molar, like not in a bad way. It just was time. It came out. And so we decided we had fairy wings and that we were going to why wouldn't you do this? But when it's late and they're in bed, we were going to go into this kid's room, a bunch of grown men with fairy wings, go in through the back door, which you're not supposed to use, but we have the master key, so we can do whatever we want, camp director. So we're going to make it happen. 
go in, sneak into their room, and then give this kid Nate Bucks is what we call them. That's our network youth director. And so we give him some Nate Bucks and, like, you know, be the tooth fairy for this kid at camp, right? What could go wrong? It just seems like a great plan. Uh, so we do this. We get the wings. We have security go in, find out what bed so that we go to the right place, the right room. He literally at like 1230 turns on the light real fast in their room to say, hey, how's it going? So we know which room, turns it off. We know what bed to go to. It's going to be a master plan and we are pumped, right? We're going to just, it's going to be great. Uh, we also have rules like no pranking people. Like this isn't pranking. This is giving a kid free money, right? So, I mean, that's good. We had an idea, though. We're going to go in loud and boisterous and, like, go that way. And they were like, well, maybe that would feel, that could be rough if kids are sleeping. So we said, we're just going to go quiet. We're going to sneak in. When we do this, we don't know, and I'm going to tell you the end of the story here in a moment, but we don't know that this room is on edge. They've just had some situations. They've got some things going. So when I open the door and 10 grown men walk into this room, I thought I was going to get punched in the face. This one kid that was way taller than me, his muscular build was way different than mine. He was, I thought I was going to die. Like, he was like, what's going on? I'm like, nothing. I just kept going with my fairy wings. Like, I don't, it, he had to be like, what in the world is happening? This is unbelievable. <sighs> but so we do it. We go. We finally, we get to the kid's bed. We start giving him money. This kid's like, what's going on? What's going on? And he's like, Oh, they're giving me money. They're giving me money. Like, it just changed really quickly. We, we do this. The whole thing happens. We leave. And it was like, that was really weird. Like, weirder than I thought it would be. I thought it would be weird. But I thought it would be different weird. Not so intense weird. More like, this is ridiculous weird. So I talked to the room leader the next day. And the room leader says, this was, it was kind of bizarre. Because right before that, going to bed... Another room and some kids had said some things, uh, at the very least, that would be racially insensitive. The room was very diverse, and they were scared. Like, they thought that they could be in danger. Our security had dealt with it, it, it like, in a, the best way that they could. We, we felt good. I didn't even know about it, but they felt good about it. But the kids in the room did not feel so good. And they were talking about these kids. Like, what if they came in the back door and, like, killed us in our sleep? Like, that's, that's where they were. And then we bust in the back door. <laughs> it's like bizarre. And so I'm like, oh my goodness. Like we just ruined camp for these kids. Like it was supposed to be funny. And he's like, but it was amazing that they were, they were like, we're not going to go to sleep. We're not going to all this. But when you left, like the whole room just flipped. And they literally laid down. They went to sleep. Like there was just a calm that came over the room from 10 dudes coming in with fairy wings. Like super weird. And you know, I don't know if that was complete luck, but in 10 years, we've never done anything like that. I'm guessing that for some reason, God's like, I'm going to use you guys being nut jobs to really bless these kids in this room. And even though we felt like that was just weird, like I didn't understand it because we didn't know all the details. But there's times when God knows the details. And if we'll just cooperate, even if we're not sure, we just do, then all of a sudden it's like that turned out really cool even though I don't even know if we should have done that. <laughs> even though it felt really weird. It felt like we might get literally hit in the face. I thought I was going to come out with a black eye. It was the most bizarre thing. But God had a plan that then they calmed down, they settled in, they went to bed. Because instead of this tension, it turned into, that was hilarious. I mean, it was funny. People were laughing by the end. Right? And we don't know what we do when we cooperate with God. We don't know what God's going to ask us to do. 
I would not have pre-going into that room said, God has asked us to go get these fairy wings and go do this thing. No, that's not what I would have said. But the idea came to my mind, and it was like, let's do this. Got some guys, let's go make it happen. We thought it would make this kid's day, which it did, but way more than we even knew. And my question for us is, are you cooperating with what God is doing or not? Probably don't get fairy wings and go to your neighbor's house and try to do that. That probably wouldn't work well. But are you cooperating with God when you're at work, when you're at the grocery store, with your, when you're with your family or parenting or school? Are we saying, Lord, what do you want to do? How do you want to move? I want to be what you've called me to be and whatever it takes, even if it seems a little out of the norm. Or maybe are you a little bit more like Samson and not really cooperating with what the Lord would have. In fact, Samson, he had always been in rebellion against the separation to God that he was called to. He was called to be a Nazarite. He was called to not cut his hair. He was called to not be around uh, alcohol and drink strong drinks, to touch dead things, some other things, this Nazarite vow. And he always was in rebellion to the separation that God had called him to. He never embraced what God was doing, what God had called him to. And in fact, instead of staying away from the Philistines, instead of keeping the separation that the people of Israel were supposed to have, he wanted to mix with them. He wanted to intermarry with them. He wanted to party with them. He's like, they're a lot of fun. They're really beautiful. They're whatever. So I'm going to go take part in exactly the opposite of what I'm called to do. Sometimes in our life, we can so easily get away from cooperating with the Lord's will in our life and instead really not cooperate with him at all. But there's something that we see in the word and that's that God's will for some reason is going to be accomplished no matter what we do. Like, like we get to be a part of it and we get to play our part in it. But in Samson's life, God used Samson just not in a blessing sort of a way, but God used Samson in Samson's pain over and over and over again because Samson wouldn't just say yes to God. He wouldn't cooperate with him. But what does it say? It says that even in this first section, that when he took these 300 foxes. Number one, have you ever tried to catch a fox? He caught 300 foxes tied their tails together, put torches, lit them on fire, and then sent them through in harvest time, sent them through the fields. Can you imagine the destruction? In our day and age, we think of, you know, there's, there's not enough baby formula, or there, it costs a little bit more for wheat, and we're like, you know, that's terrible in America. Like, we have to pay a little bit more. And if we don't have the money, it's hard, and people that struggle, it's super hard. Can you imagine if you rely on those things? Trade isn't like it is today. What happens if all your fields burn up? That's a pretty big deal. And God used Samson in his hurt, in even his disobedience, to bring uh, judgment on the people, the Philistines, which is what he was called to do. But not, it didn't happen in the way that it was supposed to happen. It happened in his disobedience. The spirit, you could say, propelled Samson into obedience. The Spirit moved him to accomplish his will, but not as it was supposed to be. But instead, through Samson and what he did in the natural, through his anger, through his pain. When I think of cooperating with God, like why? Why try to fight against God? Why do we try to fight against God's 
will for our life? Why do we try to fight against what he's doing and who he is? Maybe you're not like me and you never have that issue, but for some reason it feels like we can so easily as a people just continually to do things that we know aren't good. If we think of our world right now, drug problems that are just all over the place. Think of people in the news that overdosing, or maybe even people that you know, people that are close to you. It's like, why do we embrace the things that we know hurt us? You know, I see students right here at the front. I want to encourage you, don't do things that you know hurt you or hurt others. If people around you are dying from, thank you, thank you. If people around are dying from, don't do those things. If it's ruining people's life, don't do those things. And then we can look at the word and say the principles of the word are so powerful and true. Why do we fight against what the word of God would say when the word of God brings, brings blessing? When, when we follow the word, we walk in a, a freedom and in a joy. We walk in a place where we're not gripped by anxiety in the same way. And God helps us through what we're dealing with. Why do we fight against the word when if I let the word be real in my life, even a terrible uh, childhood situation or pain or things that have happened, God's going to walk with me through those things. But for some reason, it's so easy every step of the way to fight against what God is doing. So we see over and over in the life of Samson. And in fact, around verse 9, it talks about Judah, and it talks about, I love that they sent 3,000 people to go get Samson. Anybody notice that number? Did that seem a little extreme? Except for the fact later we see that he kills 1,000 with the jawbone of a donkey, so they're pretty smart, actually. But the thing that isn't said right here in this chapter is at the beginning of Judges. We see that the people of Israel are like, how do we fulfill what God's call is? How do we get rid of the people from the land as God had called them to do? How do we fulfill what Joshua was called to do and the people do it? And they were told, if Judah is set apart, if Judah will lead, if Judah will go in to possess the land and lead the fight, then it will happen. The people will be removed from the land. And now only 15 chapters later, Judah is saying, hey, uh, Samson, we need to tie you up and we need to give you to the Philistines because we don't want to mess up the status quo because if they get mad, then they might even put us into more subjection. We might have to get in trouble and they might do things to us. Just a few chapters, 15 before, they're told if you will go, if you will lead, if you will lead the charge, you will be victorious. And now Judah's like, yeah, we, we don't want to try that. that. That might not work out. What happens if we are killed or what happens if, if they don't give us food or if they don't take care of us like they are, whatever it is. They were called to be in freedom and now they're not. And now they're, they're even uh, just putting themselves down. And Samson's like, oh, as long as you don't kill me, you hand me over, I guess, fine. Why not? The, the faith and power went away. They were fighting against what God had called them to do. And now it's just the norm. It didn't even seem like a big deal. It was, of course, we can't go against the Philistines. In our day, we can't go against culture because if we go against culture, what if somebody would say something? What's the word say? 
Lord, we're going to say and do and be people of the word. It doesn't matter what the Philistines say or what a culture says or society says. Lord, how do we do that? And then how do we do that in love? How do we walk out your word in love? How do we walk out the word where people see, oh, if you walk in the principles of the word, life works better. That's what the whole point is. God knows. He puts it there for us. But why do we fight against God? Judah takes Samson, hands him over. Like, whew, you can just imagine the scene, 3,000 people. If all the seats in this room, just to help you out, there's like 850 or so in the room. If uh, every seat was filled, that would take more than three, way more than three, almost four times. That's how many people went to go get Samson. Like, crazy number. They get him, they take him down. Like, they're probably like, whoo. Thankfully, that happened, so now it's going to be all right. They've got Samson, so hopefully they don't do anything to us because we handed them over. We're real men and women of faith and power. You know, we're just going to slide in there. It's all right. I don't want to cause any problems. Even Samson in verse 7, right before this, he, he went on and said, and Samson said to them, If this is what you do, I swear I will be avenged on you, and after that I will quit. Was he all in with what God was doing? No. He's like, okay, this is enough. I'm going to quit. And God would not allow him to quit. Why do we fight what God has called us to do? In fact, I think the question that I have is, are we used in spite of our obedience or because of our obedience? Samson, pretty cool. God's amazing. He was used in spite of his obedience. He didn't walk in obedience. He didn't do what he was supposed to do. But God still used him. Which means, good news for all of us, wherever you are, whatever you've done, God can still use you. God can still do great things through you. But why would we walk in a way where we want to be used in spite of our obedience, in our pain, and in our suffering, and Samson, in our anger that causes us to act a certain way? That doesn't make sense. Now, last year, and I talked a little bit about it uh, last year, but it just, it came back to my mind. Went out to Wyoming, and I felt God had said that I was supposed to go a day early. And it was weird, like, okay, so I got the flight, I got it a day early, it's going to arrive at 10 p.m., I think on Sunday night, and you're like, hey, this will be fun. Uh, I then found out that a hotel room in Jackson, Wyoming, uh, is not cheap. In fact, the cheapest one was 400 and some dollars a night, and that's for like a Super 8 sort of a hotel. I'm mean, talking not some nice hotel, just a junky hotel. And if you know me, I'm not going to no $400 hotel. No, thank you. I might do the Super 8, but I'm not going to it if it costs $400. And so I'm like, okay, I felt I was supposed to do this, so let's make it happen. So I'm like, I'll go camping. Camping's fun. Then I found out that in Wyoming, most of their, their national parks, state parks, you, it's like a first come, first serve on the day you arrive. So if you show up at 10 o'clock on July 4th week, you're not getting at night, 10 o'clock at night, maybe in the morning either, but you're not getting a spot. There's no way. Uh, I also found out to reserve, they're all gone, the reserve ones, way early, like months in advance. So, okay, I can't go camping in a place. So what did I do? I bought a hammock and I got Pastor Brian's backpack and said, we're just going to throw this backpack on. I'm going to get off the plane at 10 o'clock and I'm going to start walking towards Jackson, 12 miles. It's not that far. 
I've never backpacked 12 miles with a 35-pound backpack, but let's do it. Who cares? So I got off, started walking about two miles, which I found out once I got there, the road out of the airport, because it's in the middle of nowhere, was a mile long. So just to get to the highway was a mile. And then I walked another mile, and the first trees, I just thought there would be trees. It seemed like there would be, but... It took a mile to find two trees that were close enough together to hang my hammock in. It's pitch dark by now. It's 11-ish or so o'clock in the night. And I'm like, let's do it. Put my hammock up. Uh, I thought it had a rain fly on it. I found out it only had a screen, so bugs wouldn't get me. But if it rained, which it did, I might get wet. The Lord blessed. I didn't get too wet. It just rained a little, so it was fine. But right, I just kept doing these things. I was like, hopefully I don't die. A big one. When I'm trying to go to bed, I'm laying there. It's super quiet, except for the howling of animals. I don't know about anybody else. If you're in Wyoming, people die in Wyoming from the wildlife. All of a sudden, I said, there is no way I'm going to be able to sleep if I can hear whatever is howling all night long. That's not dogs. Like, I don't know what it is. But, uh, so, it's like the only thing I could think of is I got my earbuds in that are noise canceling. I put them in my ears. I turned on worship music and then I couldn't hear anything anymore. So I was good. No problem. I went straight to sleep. It was just like this interesting, crazy thing. I wouldn't necessarily suggest unless God is like, hey, you should do this. Then it's really cool. But God spoke to me every step of the way. Like I really believe God would had me do that just to go and to experience this. But when I woke up in the morning, I remember it was pitch dark. I put my feet out of the hammock and stepped down, and it was a bone graveyard, like an animal graveyard. So many bones that they're like crunchy. I'm like, I picked the only place where there is literally hundreds of bones of animals. Uh, there was howling of animals. I put earbuds in so I couldn't hear. Like I could have been dead in a part of these bones, never been found, right? You never know. But I believe when you walk with God and you walk in him, he might have you do some things sometimes that seem a little out of the norm. That is like, what are you doing? I think my wife was like, what are you, what are you doing? You're going to just go in the wild? The next day, the paper in Jackson, somebody about 20 miles away from me, uh, they died from a bear attack. I was like, oh my goodness. Lord, thank you for not letting me die. Prayed for that. The, I think it was a lady. It's like, what is going on? But I believe when we walk in the Lord, he's going to speak to us. When we cooperate with what he's doing, he's going to speak to you. And why do we try to fight what God is doing instead of saying, Lord, I feel I'm supposed to go do this, so I'm going to go do it. If you're telling me don't go stay in Wyoming in the wilderness, I would not do it because you could die from animals. Right? But if God is leading you, let's do it. And maybe you say my personality doesn't line up with that or I'm not really an extrovert so I don't want to jump out of the boat and like go maybe pray for someone or whatever your thing is or my thing is. Could we, instead of saying, Lord, I'm not going to do what you're asking me to do, what if it's, Lord, I want to cooperate with you. I'm going to say yes to you. I'm going to be all in with what you are doing. That's who I want to be. And I pray that's who you want to be. That God doesn't use me in spite of my obedience, but he gets to use us in our obedience, as a part of our obedience. And now I don't have this crazy relationship with this lady that's a Philistine, and then her dad gave my wife that I got married to, to my best man, and what a mess. And right, like Jerry Springer breaks out, what, what when we're in sin? Is that what happens? That's what sin is. So Lord, help me not fight you, but help me commit to you. I'm not going to do things 
that I know are going to hurt you. I'm not going to do any things that the word would say are not good. And even just a principle of the word, I'm not going to do something that I can see. I don't think that's the best choice in my life. And Lord, would you, then within my obedience, would you use me? Because if you can use Samson when he's way off the rails, what can he do through you and me when we say yes to him? Because I guarantee you people in this room, God has used you when it's, you have not quite been where you should be. Praise God. He's so good. But is that better or is it better when we're walking with him and we hear him and we're on the way to work and he says, hey, just have a feeling, turn right. You know, that's not how I get to work. And you do what he tells you to do and you end up in a position that you can make a difference. Or you're sitting at your cubicle and you feel like I'm, I'm supposed to stand up and walk. And you start walking and you find somebody that's in need. You can encourage them. And you're like, Lord, I think you spoke to me. What happens when we're walking in cooperation? And we're like, Lord, I'm not going to do things. I'm not going to drink and get drunk. The Bible is clear. I'm not going to do drugs. I'm not going to, obviously those things seem, but sometimes in certain moments, how do people get into those things? Because of a moment of weakness, which means, Lord, no matter what happens, I'm not going to do a whole list of things because your word is clear. And in the end, you're going to be blessed. Last week we talked about, I'm not going to date someone that, that doesn't know you. Because how can we get married and go after Jesus if one is not? We, we wouldn't be going the same way. That's why we're called to be equally yoked and told not to be unequally yoked. Cooperate with God. His, his will is going to be accomplished. So why try to fight it? And the last thing this morning is God will use what you give him. Samson, he was used by God in amazing ways. A lot of times Samson's use was because he got angry. A lot of times, almost all the time, it was from his pain and from his hurt. It was because of the bad things that happened, because of the terrible choices he made. And God still brought about his work and what he wanted to do through this flawed individual. Why do we live that way? Why would we want to live that way? Instead of letting God use us because we've said yes. When he got that jawbone of a donkey and a thousand men, so more people than would fit in this room, if every chair was full, and he killed a thousand men with a jawbone of a donkey, like what a crazy situation, amazing, God used him. And then we see, we read the, the little song or poem that he wrote, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I have struck down a thousand men. Do you notice that even in this moment where God, the Holy Spirit, came upon him to give him power to do that? What's he say? Thank you, Lord, for all that you've... Oh, no, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't there. I have. I am. Even in the blessing of God, he couldn't get it. That it's not you and it's not him, but it's God. What happens when we start to give him everything? And that starts with praise. I love church. I love getting in the word with our church family. I love worship. I love all of it. It's so much fun. But if it's only words and it's not our life, then what are we doing? We miss it. Where I start to say, Lord, thank you for your blessing. Lord, thank you. We're not going to be killing a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey, but Lord, thank you. I got to raise at work and I, I didn't do anything to get it. 
Lord, thank you for, for using me and being able to supply. Lord, thank you. I, I thank you guys all the time. Thank you, Lord, that Radiant Life Church is able to bless not only what we do, but all around the world because of faithfulness of you who give. Thank you, Lord, that every time we give as a church, God does something miraculous. He repays over and over again, and we don't give so we get, but it would be a pretty good strategy because every time we're faithful, he responds. What happens if that's where we are? What happens if we're not like Samson? We kill a thousand men, and then in verse 18, he was very thirsty, and he called upon the Lord. You have granted this great salvation by the hand of your servant, and shall I now die? The Holy Spirit uses him, and then he thanks himself, and then he complains because he's thirsty. What happens when we start to say, Lord, I'm going to give you every part, every bit of who I am. I'm going to cooperate with your word. I'm going to start fighting against the things that your word would say I shouldn't do, not against you to do those things. I'm going to give every part. And then, Lord, I believe and I have faith that when I am exhausted and I'm tired and I need encouragement, as Joy came up and said, when I don't know what to do or I just need somebody to walk with me, Lord, you're going to give me all I need. You're going to refill me. Just like the word said, his spirit returned as God gave him that water from the rock. This amazing thing. God is so good and will use us. And sometimes even in our dysfunction. And sometimes in our disobedience. But church, why would we want to be his people and walk in disobedience and walk in dysfunction and bring problems on ourselves and issues to our world? That's not who we are called to be. And I want to call out of some people today a change in our mentality. That's Lord, I'm going to fight for what is right. The right of your word. That this is what it's going to all be about. Your word is so good. Your word is truth. Your word is life. Which means, Lord, in my life, things that don't line up with you. In my life, things that fight against you and your word. Just because it's natural. The sin nature within us. Lord, I'm going to submit those things to you. And start walking in obedience where it's hard. Church, I want you to know. That God will bless you. He will pour his spirit out upon you. He wants to use you. And sometimes he even uses us when we're a mess like Samson. But what happens if we don't, he doesn't have to use us in spite of all this stuff. And he can bless you and pour his spirit upon you. And what happens if all of a sudden your life means so much more than it did? Because it's not about you anymore. It's about God. It's about our world. It's around the people around us. And our anxieties and our cares and our worries go from right here to believing for our world for praying for our world, for encouraging our world. That's the life we should live. That's what God has called us to do. The Spirit leverages your movement to bring about His will. He leverages what you do. And Christine Kane, in her devotional on 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, it says that throughout Scripture and history, it seems God has chosen the most seemingly unlikely and unqualified people to fulfill his plan and purpose on the earth. What is impossible with people is possible with God. We just have to believe that God has called us to go into the world in his name and not listen to the crippling or even paralyzing labels and limitations imposed on us by others. Whom God calls, he qualifies. And he chooses everybody to do something specific, something that is part of his design. In fact, 
The Bible shows us that since the beginning of of time, God has chosen the unlikely to do the unimaginable. Moses, Gideon, Jeremiah would have missed out on on their moment in history if they'd been allowed to get by with it, with their excuses. We wouldn't even know their names. We know who they are because God refused to accept their excuses and insisted they accept his assignment. And then provided them with everything they needed to succeed in it. And what I'm encouraging is could we be a people that unlike Moses, you think of him, all that he did, the amazing thing leading these people, you think a great man of faith and power? Not really power because of God, but he didn't want to. He wanted to run away. He said somebody else can lead them. I don't want to do it. What happens if we get to the point where like, Lord, I'm all in. If you ask me to lead two million people in the wilderness, hey, that does not sound fun. Anybody, that does not sound like a good time. But even if you ask me to lead two million people plus in the wilderness, I'm in. I'll do what you say. Let's be people that cooperate with his word. Young people, to the oldest person in the room, if we cooperate with what God is calling us to right now, then from here for the rest of our life, you're going to be able to watch God do supernatural things through you. Watch him do amazing through you, things through you. And not in spite of you, but through you, because of your obedience. God's calling us to step it up. He's calling us to obedience. He's calling us to his word. And when we walk in his word, church, his kingdom's going to get poured forth. There's going to be advancement to what God is doing. I'm so thankful that we're a part of a church like Radiant Life where so many people are faithful in serving and giving and being a part in prayer, in worship. Like, I love it. I want to encourage you. What is it today that you might say, I need to take a step? Whatever it is, don't leave without giving that to God. Don't leave without offering him everything. So Lord, this morning we are thankful for your word. We're thankful for your truth. God, we're thankful that you used Samson even in his sin, even in his disobedience. But Lord, we pray that you wouldn't have to use us in spite of anything in our life. But Lord, would you help us be obedient? Lord, today, maybe for each one, if there's something in our lives that we know is not right, that should not be there, Lord, if we're, we're flirting with the people of the Philistines, we're, we're where we shouldn't be, we're in the wrong situations, the wrong people, help us to come back to you. Lord, if the word and there's areas where we just struggle to relate them or put them together with our culture or society, Lord, help us come back to your word above all. Lord, whatever it is in our life, relationships today, Lord, let us come back to your word. Lord, so that we can be used by you from a place of obedience And Lord, we're so thankful that for some reason you chose to use people like Samson, people like Moses, so many other in the word that they weren't perfect. Lord, I'm thankful that each one in this room is called by you. Each one of them is going to be used by you. And Lord, I pray that they would walk in that victory. They'd walk in that calling. They'd walk in what you're doing in their lives. Lord, in a powerful way, from a place of obedience, because they've learned and we've learned as Radiant, the Radiant family, to say yes to you over and over and over again so that one more person upon one more person can come to experience you. One more for Jesus. That's our prayer. It's our prayer. Let us walk in obedience. Lord, if there's anybody in this room today that has never given their life to you, Lord, I pray that even right now they would just pray that prayer if they want to offer themselves to you. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. I repent of the past and I make you Lord of my life. 
Lord, is that is what we are here for. You're so good, Jesus. We're thankful. We praise you and we worship you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.